Hi, I'm Britt. And my name is Alyssa. And this is Skeletales. And this is the podcast where we strive to answer the age-old question of, is my dead grandma watching me? Alyssa, do you know when you're in social gatherings mm-hmm. and you are done, you say, you know what, I have fulfilled my social endeavors, I drank my drink, I ate my eights, I need to leave, but you know, I don't want to do the whole rigmarole of like, oh, bye, it was so good to see you, hi, bye-bye. Yeah. And so you mm-hmm. just like back away slowly and you just right out the door. Yeah. Well, grandma saw that and she is shaking her finger. She it's says, so rude. That's so fucking rude. You need to say your goodbyes, your polites. How dare ye? Yeah, the Irish goodbye. Did you know that's yes. what that's called? Or, or the French accent. I think there's oh. a lot of different terms for it. Yes. And all the Irish and French listeners are like, what the fuck? We don't do that. <laughs> no. We don't do that. We're so polite. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I try, but I feel so guilt. I feel the guilt of grandma because she's always watching. Mm-hmm. I feel so rude. But also that feeling of being done come, enters right away, almost immediately. I walk through yes. that door. I'm like, whoop, goodbye. I, Here's I'm, the problem with the goodbyes, though. It takes an hour and a half to say, well, I'm from Texas. So it takes an hour and a half for... And then you get caught in another conversation and it's like, okay, we're leaving in five. No, I meant five hours later. Yep. Uh, I know. Come on, Grandma. She's got to give us a break on that one. Give us a break. Let us leave, please. Yeah. No, it happens. I agree. Um, I've gotten better at it as I've gotten older. I think I've learned. I've learned my lesson. But also, who's going to parties? I went to one and the Rona also came. I haven't. I (laughs) And then the really came. It was like, yeah, oh, gathering. Uninvited guest. And so I probably won't be going to another party again soon um, until that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, Grandma. I know. We need to have our P's and Q's. We should probably have like a goodbye gift, a, a housewarming oh, gift, a goodbye gift. Oh, God, we're so rude. I didn't even bring the gift, the bottle of wine of like, oh, thanks for hosting a party. Wait, did you go to one? No, I didn't even go to Oh, the, in your imaginary one, you didn't bring it? <laughs> no. Oh, God, so rude. Well, no, I'm imagining if I were invited to a party, I just would not. I would go and be not know how to interact with a soul. Honestly, I would be incredibly <sighs> awkward until I was fed up with it, and I would leave without saying a single goodbye. That's what would happen. I don't know how to talk with people anymore. <laughs> oh, hello, friend. Britt, do we always talk about ghosting people on weddings and <laughs> parties? <laughs> we were talking about weddings. You know what? We do talk about ghosting. We do talk about ghostings and hauntings <laughs> and paranormal. We talk about true tales of the strange, unusual, and paranormal. That's what we talk about. And we have some stories for you tonight. Heck yeah, we do. Can I tell the first one? Yeah, please do. Go for it. Okay. This first story comes from Apple. She says, assuming there is she. My mom was a little girl back in the 1970s. One day, her mom, my grandma, took her and her brother to a kind of locally famous amusement park. My mom was very excited to be there because the park had been closed for a few weeks and it had just recently opened back up. 
there was a new ride that had opened recently before the park closed that she wanted to ride. Mm that she had wanted to ride. It was a new type of ride and was being touted as the first of its kind. From what she said, it was a merry-go-round ride, but instead of the horses themselves just going around, the entire carousel itself was on a lift system where machinery underneath would pump the ride up and down as well, all while it was slowly spinning, as merry-go-rounds do. At the full height, the carousel would be lifted something like five feet from the ground. Walking into the park, there was a cork board with maps, news, events, and what have you. That was in the center of the park entrance. She says she didn't pay much mind to this board upon entering other than to look at the map to find out where that carousel ride was. She found where it was, but there was a problem. The ride was no longer in operation. My grandma apologized to her and assured her that they'd be able to ride the regular merry-go-round as much as she wanted. My mom was a little girl, though, and children don't really understand cops' concepts of legalities, so she, of course, interpreted the situation as her being not allowed to do it. She was kind of just being a little brat the whole time, making a fuss. And as a mischievous child, she became determined that she'd get what she wanted. When the three of them were on some very slow ride together, my mom took the opportunity to undo her safety belt and hop (gasps) off the ride to go find that carousel ride. This was the 1970s, and amusement park rider safety and regulations and stuff weren't the best, obviously. I can only imagine this is the reason why she was able to slip off the ride completely unnoticed by employees at the time. Or maybe they did notice and just didn't care. Anyway. (laughs) Those highly trained 17-year-old to 70s employees. By sheer dumb luck, she somehow actually managed to find the carousel ride, and she managed to slip into the building that the carousel ride was in. As I mentioned earlier, the ride was the one that would be lifted up and down. When she found the ride, it wasn't 100% down on the ground, so she struggled to get up onto the ride and managed to, then sat on a reachable horse and waited for the ride to go. Surprisingly, unsurprisingly, it didn't. But little kids don't understand that type of thing anyways. So she got down and walked over to the control panel, blindly pressing different buttons to see if they would do anything. Nothing happened. The machinery that the carousel was on that would lift it up and down was 100% exposed. It wasn't in anything. anything. There was no shielding or anything. This would pretty much never be allowed these days, but again, it was the 70s. So for whatever reason, she decided, hey, I bet that if I go under the carousel, then I can press something there and get it to go. Don't do that. (laughs) She walks over to the ride and is crawling on the floor to get her tiny body through the gap between the carousel and the ground. When she says that she heard a voice, it said something along the lines of, that isn't safe. When she looked over behind her, she saw a woman whose face that she's never forgotten. She had big, beautiful, dark brown eyes and straight brown hair that came down to her shoulders. 
Though her words were scolding, her smile was warm and kind. She was dressed in the same uniform the staff was wearing, so my mom assumed that she was someone who worked there. The woman crouched down to meet my mom's eye level as my mom abandoned her crawling position and instead sat up, looking at the woman. From what my mom could remember, the woman asked her, Did you get away from your mommy? And my mom nodded. Then the woman said, Don't you think she must be worried sick? My mom had kept quiet at the question, and the woman offered my mom a hand and said, We should go find her. Don't worry, she won't be mad at you. My mom took the woman's hand. She said it was cold, kind of like when you touch ice. But everything else about the woman was warm and comforting. The woman led my mom to the front of the building and leaned down again and put a hand on her shoulder and said, You need to wait here and cover your ears nice and tight, okay? My mom nodded and did as she was told. She looked straight ahead and in retrospect thinks that the woman must have pulled some kind of fire alarm or burglar alarm or something because soon there was a loud wailing siren. Eventually, some workers came to the location of the siren and saw her standing there alone, and she was reunited later with her mother. The mystery woman was right. My grandma wasn't mad, and she was just thankful to have my mom back unharmed and safe. My mom told my grandma what happened. My grandma went to the guest services so that she could ask to speak with the woman who worked there that helped her daughter so that she could thank her. There are obviously some employees there with brown eyes and brown hair, but all of them denied being the woman in question. When my grandma mentioned the ride this took place at, the faces of the staff (gasps) she was talking to visibly changed and went white, and they became very tight-lipped and didn't talk to my grandma anymore. So my grandma just left. Back at the entrance of the park, as my mom, her brother, and my grandma were going to leave, my mom happened to look back at the corkboard from earlier, and she says she will never forget that moment. Right there on the corkboard was a photo of the face that she had met earlier. She pointed out to my grandma, saying, That's the lady! My grandma went over to the photo and read the words that accompanied the photo. She looked troubled and then turned to my mom and said, This isn't funny. Let's go. My mom didn't find out till she was older, and Grandma told her, but apparently that photo and text were a memorial to a worker that died weeks before. The reason that park had initially closed and the ride was taken out of operation, because of this event, Grandma had apparently done a small amount of research on the woman by asking around, and word has it, While the ride was doing its up and down, she apparently tripped over some cables or wires and ended up slipping partially under the ride as it was on its way down to the ground. She was crushed to death. My grandma insists that my mom must have seen the photo coming in and imagined the whole event or had mistaken another worker for her. My mom was very young after all, and maybe the worker didn't come forward because she didn't want to get in trouble for pulling an alarm or something. You ask my mom, though, and she will tell you she would bet her bottom dollar that the spirit of that woman came to her that day, and she's certain of it. Okay. So many things. Amusement parks. Janky old amusement parks, especially. <laughs> yeah, from the Not 70s. my favorite place. <laughs> A hundred percent, I could see what happened happened, right? But the kid gets away and then climbs under like all of it. It's just like, don't, 
don't go there. Don't don't go there. Uh, I for it, sure it ha- that had to be enough anxious energy to summon the dead of that girl who poor girl who was crushed to be like little girl, get out, don't do that. Yeah, and also within like a couple weeks, like especially if there's like a spirit lingering there, like you know, um, yes. for sure when she has her close her ears, I was like, is she going to do some horrible? banshee shriek or something i don't know what was coming i was like oh an alarm that makes sense but well and it's so fascinating too because it's the little girl doesn't understand so much of what's going on because it's a grown-up leading her way like tell all of the things but like she fucking pulled an alarm so that the girl could be found it's so cool do you remember um Oh my god. In Denver? Yes. In Denver? The janky. I was lakeside. Oh my god, there is a roller coaster. I think it was like claimed as like the first roller coaster in Colorado or something, the Chipper. Every time the scariest part of that roller coaster is that you literally think you're going to die because it is just so fucking janky. Yes. <laughs> it's not a, it is not necessarily like a steep or scary roller coaster, but the metal is from the 40s or 50s like yes. it has not been updated since then it's so scary that place was shady as shit it was a fraction of the cost of like the six flags elitch gardens that oh, was yeah. in denver it was like a 13th of the cost oh, of yeah. a ticket mitch and i went there without you guys at one point they had this ride that was like kind of sailboats that went in the sky <laughs> and spun around and you could use these little sails and so we, I got in one and Mitch jumps right in with me on these like single person thing. And I was like, mm-mm, oh, mm-mm. maybe children, two the children. Two go. sail I, off into the yes, sky. Yes. I was like, yeah. no. We start going, swinging around <laughs> and like halfway through the ride, there's a chunk and like the whole thing <gasps> drops by like yeah. three inches, like down this pole that's attached to it. chunk. And I was like, oh, fuck this. No, no, no. Mitch is like laughing. Ha <laughs> ha. Like, that's hilarious. Anyway, we get off that ride. I'm like, I'm not going on that again. The next time we go there, that ride, all of the little things were all roped off with caution tape. Like, at least half of them were roped off. That ride after yours, someone for sure died. Someone. (laughs) Very possibly. I think someone died almost every day at lakeside they have I to they have to have died it was the jankiest amusement park i wonder if it's still open oh i'm sure it is i hope it is <laughs> <laughs> i hope it is too okay so great story i love it haunted teenage 70s worker saving mm. a little girl mm. so from her good. demise okay so my first story comes from steven and steven says As a Central Texas resident, I take every opportunity I can to escape the heat and humidity by traveling to the mountains of New Mexico. A few years ago, I went on a solo motorcycle trip to the Gila Wilderness. Oh, pronounced Gila. Thank you, Stephen. (laughs) (laughs) He even told you how to tell it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've traveled to this area several times and know some spectacular places to camp that are remote and rarely visited by other people. I decided to camp at a unique campground that I have been to before as a teenager. The campground is about eight miles into the mountains via a heavily rutted forest service road. The area is an anomaly in that the valley that it sits in has a natural spring, which isn't that common in the arid landscape of New Mexico. This access to reliable water resulted in the habitation of countless generations of Native Americans. Their historic residence here is indicated by the many artifacts that scatter the forest floor, such as broken pottery pieces, arrowheads, and the occasional metate, a stone used for grinding grain. That's awesome. You just are hiking around and you find these artifacts? Yeah. You know That's where we- really cool. You know where I've only experienced that was um in Oho, wait near Taos. Oho Caliente. Was that was that where we went? Oho yeah. Caliente, yes. Yeah. Where we got yelled at because we couldn't whisper for the <laughs> whole time. Up. It was like a whispering <laughs> retreat center on the property there. No, it was right adjacent. Your sister and I went on a hike, and there was just broken pottery all over the place, like broken ancient pottery, just all over the ground. That's amazing. Did you take any home? No, because that is a huge antiquity violation. And it comes with a hefty fee of like $100,000. You do not take that shit. Um, Anyway, so that's the only time. So yes, it does happen. It was my only experience. And that was also New Mexico. So I guess New Mexico, that's where that goes on. Okay, so... They use the matate as a stone for grinding grain. When I arrived, I was delighted that no other person was in the area. I set up my one-man tent and began to settle in. The spot I selected was completely encased by towering pine trees that cast an abundant amount of shade from the overbearing New Mexico sun. When the sun sets in the remote mountains, it gets dark the kind of darkness where the night seems to stare back at you and the only vision you have is what your imagination creates. Such a good story, There, I am there. Yes. I soon crawled into my tent and nestled into my sleeping bag. A few hours after falling asleep, I was awoken by the sound of something hitting the forest floor. If you've ever camped in this manner, the silence at night is close to maddening, and every sound that managed to, manages to escape is amplified. The sound I heard was about 100 feet from the back of my tent. I assumed it was generated by falling pine cones and thought nothing of it. However... The longer I listened, the more in cadence the sound became. They were repetitive, equally timed and spaced. They were footsteps. I began to think that my mind was tricking me and tried to ignore it. The sounds of steps not only continued, but slowly advanced towards the tent. My heart began to race, but I had to get up to look just to appease my mind. The steps were clearer now. I could hear the distinct sound of the walker's gait by the slow heel-to-toe crunching on the pine needles of the forest floor. As I shifted in preparation to get up, my nylon sleeping bag made a clear and apparent swoosh sound. As the sound echoed from the tent, the last step I heard froze, stopping mid-step. 
I didn't move. I sat staring into the darkness, waiting for the next step. The partial step was a mere 20 feet from my tent. I decided to go for it and exited the tent with a flashlight in hand. I cast the light behind my tent and illuminated what appeared to be a natural path through the otherwise dense forest. There was nothing there. No person, no animal, nothing. I wanted defense. I wanted a better shelter. Being on a motorcycle, I had no vehicle to retreat to. I had no other option but to crawl back into my tent. My my anxiety began to take over. Laying back in the tent, I had an epiphany of what a false sense of security this shelter provides. (laughs) You're basically laying on the ground and zipping yourself into a nylon bag, removing any tactical advantage in a fight or flight scenario. I began to drift off. The footsteps started again. (gasps) No! (laughs) Not where I had last heard them, but they started back where I had first heard them. I listened intently, trying to desperately to excuse the sound as being natural, but it wasn't. They were not. They were footsteps, and they again advanced slowly towards me with a slow heel to arch to toe crunching sound. I envisioned a human form slightly crouched, trying with all its might to creep softly, silently. I was now terrified. I tried to move more quickly this time. I unzipped the sleeping bag, unzipped the tent door, and sprang out ready for whatever there was there. I cast my light down the corridor behind the tent, ready to scream. Nothing. Nothing was there. No person or animal. Nothing. This had now become a challenge of courage. I had already convinced myself that something paranormal was advancing on me, a hostile spirit angry with my trespass, or maybe just curious at my visit. Either way, I was going to see this thing, if for any other reason to provide some closure to my experience. My plan was to try and eliminate as much of my own noisemaking as possible so as not to alert whatever was out there. I left my tent door unzipped and lay down on the floor of the tent. The steps started again. This time I lay still. I held my breath and even tried to make my heart beat silently. It was so dark in my tent. My eyes might as well have been closed, but they were open wide, as wide as I could make them trying to defeat the night, but also strangely, an attempt to hear better. I listened as the footsteps closed in on me closer and closer. I waited till the last footstep was seemingly inches from the back wall of the tent. I lunged, throwing myself out of the tent onto the ground. I spun quickly and illuminated the path with my flashlight, but I didn't need the flashlight. A twisting, tubular orange light from an unknown origin glowed softly along the path toward the tent. It was light enough to make out its defined edges. As I stood staring at the orange glow, it slowly moved backwards like a tentacle from some sea creature retreating back into its hole. It was now dark and silent again. I threw the biggest log I could find on the fire and spent the rest of the night perched against my motorcycle, praying for the sun to rise. The footsteps never came back, and now when I go camping, I bring my truck. (laughs) (laughs) I hope this story isn't too long, but it was, after all, a long night. Love your podcast. Keep it going. Steve H. from Buda, Texas, y'all. Oh, shit. Steve. Oh, oh. 
So y'all might remember Steve from a few episodes back because he wrote in about the totally 80s um, snowmobiler that passed them on a, a, a pass in the mountains somewhere. I knew I recognized that beautiful storytelling. Oh, shit. So good. Literally, you cannot see my face except Alyssa can. My hands were over my mouth in suspense the whole time. Oh, my God. So good. He caught it. I thought there was going to be nothing at the end. Same. I thought he was going to be nothing. Yeah. Yeah. A tentacle-like retreat is the most disturbing type of retreat, I've now decided. Not a fan. What do we think this is? Oh, it's got to be some strange, like, portal, ghostly portal, spirit energy. Oh, shit. I don't know. That's freaky as hell. And what was its intent? (sighs) No idea. No idea. I think it's, he doesn't even know. Was it just curious or was there something malicious in mind? Because it didn't come back again. Once he was awake, it never came Uh back. He, it got spotted. Well, and he like thrust out of the tent. He was like, I'm ready, motherfucker. Yeah. And then it was like, it did not come back after that. But it had footsteps too. Like the fact that it was a tubule. I mean, a Native American, ancient Native mm-hmm. American spirit is obviously mm-hmm. what I like. What for what, sure? What I would think, right? But uh-huh. like, is that it's not a skinwalker because it was in a a light form, light or was tubular. it looking for a skin to inhabit? Oh shit! Came inches from becoming a skinwalker himself. And he got out of the tent just in time. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh my God. So good. So good. So good. Love it. Um, I also – that idea of a tent being any kind of protection is completely a false sense of security. I completely agree. Every every single time I go camping – I do love camping, but every single time I am middle of the night, wide awake, every pin drop, it's just like, what was that? What was that? And like – What's going to get you out? Like, uh, I camp in, like, at the outskirts of Austin. The worst that is is a coyote. And they're not – they're just going to get your food. They're not going to hurt you. Chupacabra. Jackalopes. Skinwalker. (laughs) All sorts of things. Also, this also – the glowing light is a bit uh, reminiscent of those Marfa lights you told us about as well. Oh, yeah. Yes, out in West Texas. Heck yeah. Oh my gosh. Ooh, Steve, one, envious of all your adventuring. You seem like a very adventurous fellow. Your storytelling, spot on. Thank you so much for writing in. Seriously, amazing. So good. Love it. Do you have another oh, story? Oh, it's my turn. Yeah, I was so caught up in that story. I was like, the end. <laughs> no, let's keep going. Um, okay, I have the story. They would like to remain anonymous. Here we go. This happened seven years ago. I was still in college, struggling to finish up my remaining exams, drinking every Saturday with my friends on the bridge in front of the local castle. So from what I've got, yes, yes, yes. From what I've got, sorry, I should have prefaced this story a little bit. Just the local castle. Pretty sure this is set in the UK. Okay. (laughs) This is set in the UK. Put your brain there. Got it. (laughs) 
Yeah, just the local castles, you know. There's. I actually on. did have a local castle in college as well, so this is pretty relatable. Um, there are a couple to choose from. Yeah, I should have said that disclaimer. UK, pretty sure. Um, a few different groups of people were always there, all of them friendly and about the same age. My parents own a fishing supply shop. It's a small town home business with many people coming in being either elderly or youngsters getting in on the fishing action. So one day I was waiting for my mother to handle all the customers as the cashier while my father was explaining details to new fishermen. I needed to talk to her, so I just waited aside. Since there were many people waiting to pay, one older man approached me, asking me if I knew his grandson. He told me his name. We'll call him Dude. And I realized that he was one of the drinking buddies from the Saturday booze sessions. He told me about his issues with the college professors, his plans to move to Germany with his girlfriends. Oh, oh not girlfriends. Sorry, just one. <laughs> moved to right. Germany with his girlfriend. All kinds of information I didn't know about the dude. He came next in line to pay so he quickly did and while exiting the shop he waved to me and told me not to forget to greet his grandson next saturday i met the dude and told him his grandpa said hi only to see him go pale and shocked within a second both of his grandpas were a long time dead i described in detail how he looked how he talked how tall he was and he thought that i was joking I asked him to show me some pictures of his older male relatives, and he managed to find many on his Facebook profile. He showed me, and I picked his grandfather out within seconds. The older man I saw had no brothers or similar-looking relatives. The dude confirmed that all of the things this old guy told me were indeed the truth. He was having issues with a professor and was planning to move to Germany with his girlfriend. The dude was really weirded out by all of this and, uh, and left soon after. The day later, I asked my mom if she had noticed anyone like that. It's a small town, but my parents don't know everyone coming in. My mother told me that she had seen a man talking to me yesterday while I was waiting and described him in the same detail as I've seen him. All the details this man mentioned about the dude were correct. I could never have known his life plans, nor have I heard them from anyone else. To this day, thinking about it puzzles me. It's creepy, haunting, and I don't like it, even though nothing bad even happened. <gasps> you don't like, like it? What's wrong with you, Anonymous? I love like, it. I, it is so bizarre, because it's not like he was necessarily close friends with the dude. Yeah, okay, he maybe was just it like, like made you look random... like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> some random like dude he hangs out with and drinks beer with, and then his grandpa comes to him to say like oh you know just chit chat just small talk with a guy it's so interesting because it's not like it served a purpose except for that the grandpa was like tell him i said hi you know it it the did guy just, serve a purpose grandpa's watching and now he knows ah! oh my god grandmas and grandpas they're doing it but if he could just well maybe it's like a little too freaky to just appear as a full-bodied apparition to someone who would recognize you uh -huh. it's a little less uh -huh. jarring less intimidating yeah to like pass a message along at the old fishing shop 
um, unless grandpa's not really dead, he faked mm-hmm. his death. And then he's like, <laughs> he's, he's uh, dressing up as like one of those young hip a kids. Fisherman. Oh. oh, or a fisherman oh, ha- okay. hanging out at the castle. <laughs> he's actually hiding out in the castle while all the kids drink. He's eavesdropping. So he can eavesdrop. Uh-huh. He's he, got that huge little like um, satellite shaped thing where you can hear from long distances. Yes. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Grandpa's keeping tabs on on the grandson. He's very proud, but also wants nothing to do with his life or his family. And so he faked his death. Oh, God, that's a lot of work. That's no. a lot of work. Well, so uh, my thought was that um, the anonymous was is like a unknown medium like he can speak with although his mom, mom saw, saw him too. talking to the man too i don't know i don't understand it. i want to know how all this works maybe it served a purpose though like maybe this guy tells the dude all of this information his grandpa knows and now it's in the dude's mind. Grandpa's always watching me. Grandpa knows. And that, in turn, affects a lot of the decisions that fella makes, right? That the dude makes. Huh? He was like, maybe he's going to move to Germany to, like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, blow yeah, up yeah. The building. Oh, mm-hmm. pff, but he's there like, you oh, go. but now Grandpa is watching. I can't do that. Shit, someone knows it. my plan. Yeah. I like yeah. how he like pulled out the Facebook and he just had to anonymously like pick out his grandpa from the lineup of all old dudes. I don't know if I would be able to do that on my Facebook and be like, here are all my male relatives. I'm pretty sure I would. You're not from the UK, though. They True. love a good family photo in the UK. Okay. Family and UK <laughs> listeners, please, please let us know how accurate that statement is. I'd love to hear. You can address those to Brit at gmail.com. That's not her email address. I have no idea who. Don't don't send that to Brit or Brit. Oh my god! Yeah, some Brit out there is like, this. like I'm the first Brit to, to be on Gmail. Damn Wait, it! What? what are these emails? Exactly. <laughs> Why am I getting all these family photos? Okay. <laughs> my next story comes from Then Driver, who we've also yes! is a repeat storyteller on the podcast. <laughs> And so they say, here's yet another submission for then underscore driver. And they say, love you guys. You're really good at this podcasting thing. Hey, thanks. (laughs) This one for once is based entirely on my dad's experience. (gasps) My because the dad and the then driver have this like okay. Do we need to do a little a little recap? So what we know we know that both then driver and her dad have an ability to see ghosts. Yes, they both have an ability to see ghosts. They both saw a creepy nun in a graveyard at one point that followed Mm -hmm. them home. And then they also had a creepy spirit that lived on the stairs, right? But then there was the one in the hotel in the mirror. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe they sent two in one. Now I can't remember. Anyway. Oh my God. Then driver. So good. Full of the stories. Definitely has an ability to see the spirit. This is a dead story. We've been waiting. Oh my God. All about the dad here. Okay. Okay. So this one for once is based entirely on my dad's experience. My dad has been obsessed with ghosts for as long as he can remember. You see, he used to work in a mental health hospital since he was a teenager, but he only worked a few years before he couldn't work there anymore as the place got closed down. 
This is one of the stories which to me is a bit creepier as it was the first thing I heard of my dad about ghosts. So one day, my dad had to take a piano to the morgue, which was at the time used as a storage space. So he and another guy who worked there called Jeff, a scrawny boy who lacked strength, pushed the piano into the morgue and ended up getting it slightly inside the door. My dad pulling it in and Jeff pushing it in. The piano barely fit in the door, so there was nowhere near enough space for Jeff to squeeze past the piano with it in the way. The morgue was one of those places where everyone avoided. I could understand why. There was everything still in the morgue with the table still in there, just shifted to the side. Anyway, my dad and Jeff paused to catch their breath as it wasn't an easy task. Jeff suddenly went pale, his eyes looking scared, and he was shaking, looking just to the left of my dad. My dad laughed, thinking Jeff was joking around, and yelled boo at Jeff to show he knew about the joke. But just behind him, someone screamed quietly. (laughs) I hate it. He turned around and saw a little boy standing there. My dad recognized him. It was the morgue worker's son who had died there about a year prior. My, oh my God. My dad turned around ready to run out, but of course he couldn't. The piano was in the way. Oh and somewhere, <laughs> sounds like a nightmare. And somewhere between spotting the boy and turning around, Jeff had scurried along the corridor outside. He was trapped, so my dad, as calmly as possible, knowing that the boy wasn't bad, just said hi and waited. Eventually, the boy waved, hesitantly, as if not believing someone was talking to him. But soon enough, Jeff came back with someone else and moved the piano properly in the room, but the boy was gone. My dad and I drive past it on our way around to help out our older family members, and he pointed out the old place where the morgue used to be, and there now is a house on top of it. I can't even imagine how many ghosts are in that oh house. Oh my god, that house. <laughs> full of ghosts, for sure full of a little boy ghost. So good, so terrifying, but also like... Her her dad just sounds like a gemstone. Like, he's just, like, instead of freaking out and, like, pissing his pants, he's just like, hi, little boy. I'm completely trapped next to you, little ghost child. What What do we do? We just wait this out. (laughs) But, like, he recognized him. Maybe that's why he appeared. He's like, oh, I know him. He knows me. But... The other scrawny little Jeffrey, was that his name? The co-worker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeffrey? Jeff. He saw the little ghost boy too, and he's like, bye, and runs away. Yes. Okay, so this comes back to my theory of I think if people, some people are sensitive, and they have this ability to kind of thin the veil around them too. Oh. Right? Do like, you think... Yeah, Jeff could probably go down there a hundred times and never see a ghost, but because he was there the with then driver's dad, dad yes, he, he saw it. He saw <gasps> it. But, I love this theory. I'm on board completely. 
And then, then driver is the one who proposed ghost boundaries to us, or proposed like we true, true. brought up she that idea, explained it to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that house is absolutely haunted, and that oh little my boy God. is littered. probably they have a little ghost boy in their house, littered with ghosts. I would be so curious to just, just randomly little knick knock. Um, just quick question. Is your house haunted? Yeah. And they're like, get off my property, crazy lady. And I'm like, no, but really. Like, is it a little ghost boy? And they're like, shit, yes, he does. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I still want to see a ghost, but I also don't want to see a ghost. So torn. (laughs) I'm so torn. I think you you probably have, and you're just a little in denial. That's my... If they can show up just buying some worms to go fishing and talk about their grandkid, uh, and I don't I know. even know they're Very a ghost. Very well might have. I could have. Okay. Love Speaking it. of running into random ghosts in fun situations, I'm going to really quickly tell you my last story. Hell yeah. I? Oh, I forgot you okay. had the last one. This is from Blacklisted. Oh, That's not their real name. Okay. That is their online name, but in full disclosure- they gave me permission to share the story. Blacklisted. Okay. This is promising. Mm-hmm. By name alone. <laughs> My grandfather told me a story when he served in the Navy. He said he'd been doing helicopter training with a buddy of his, and they were ending their day at the scheduled hangar. They got there just fine, unloaded, and got ready to have a good time. So they walked around the base a little to see if there's anyone they can split a case with and come across this group of three or four Australian guys hanging around a tank. The guys get to talking, and they offer to share some beers with them. And by the end of the night, my grandpa knew everything there was to know about these guys, where they'd come from, their wives' and kids' names, and pictures that they'd had in their wallets. The night ends and my grandpa and the friends needed to get back to sleep in the helicopter. They told the guys that they'd be back in the morning before they took off again to repay the beers that they'd had and to help clean up. And then they called it a night. The next morning, they got out to where the tank is and the guys and tank are nowhere to be seen. There was absolutely no evidence of the party the night before, even though they'd smoked and there should have been at least cigarette butts on the ground. But maybe these guys were up early and took care of it. My grandpa then went to find someone who might know where the guys had gone and ended up finding this receptionist lady whose face, when told the names of the guys they were looking for, went ashen. She then slowly told my grandpa that the men he was looking for had died not a hundred yards from where he saw them in an accident that caused an explosion in their tank. He had no way of explaining how he knew everything he did about these men other than the fact that he had met them somehow and had heard it from them. Ah, I love this. I have goosebumps. The thing that like blows my mind, you drank ghosty beers. How are you drinking beers and smoking ghosty cigarettes and looking at like ghosty family photos? Like how? I don't know. This is the question. This is the one we're constantly trying to answer. Is it like a time space thing? Did they go back in time somehow? Exactly, a little, a little like a parallel universe situation. Yeah, before or they were they... even dead or something. Uh-huh. Like my time traveler show that I like with the healer, <laughs> or 
uh, which is what's the name of it? What you always um, remember? Outlander. Yeah. Outlander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, does he pass into the afterlife for a bit? Or Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Or is it like on on Halloween where the dead are allowed to walk with us or something? The Australians clearly didn't know they were dead. It's not like they were coming back to haunt and be like, tell my loved ones I love them. No, they like were straight up hanging with the bros. Like, let's drink some beers, smoke yeah. some cigarettes. So he must time. have stumbled into something like that. But it was him. I think it was him and his buddy both. Like... They went looking to split a beer with somebody, split a case with someone. All these paranormal investigators out there trying to make it happen, going into all these old haunted houses. But maybe, yeah. like, you might have, like, hung out with ghosts hundreds of times. And you didn't even know. That might be my preferred way of seeing a ghost. I think this is now on the oh, top of my Oh, where you don't realize it, that it is actually yeah, a ghost. Just hanging sure. out. Maybe I fall in love. And then they disappear. <laughs> Not the icy cold breath on your neck where they're like, I see. Yeah, yeah, None yeah. None of that shit. No, no, no. Just like, hey, I love fishing too. What you up to? Yeah, yeah Let's exactly. split a beer. Yes. I like that idea. Um, but then to only find out, read their obituary in the newspaper, uh-huh. like they died five days ago. Ooh. Heck yeah. That's so that's good. my so new goal. New goals. Um, <laughs> hey, ghost if, goals. Yep. If you have any ghost goals, you should totally write us into our hotbox at skeletalespodcast at gmail.com or give us a call on our hotline. Our hotline is 302-689-DEAD, 302-689-3323. We need just a couple more audio submissions of some ghost stories or even they don't even have to be stories you can just call and like chit chat with us and we'll probably play it on air (laughs) okay very truthfully because last Uh week we put out a call for action just for someone to just make sure the phone lines are open (laughs) and we got a call and i So, no excuses. We know now that they actually do work. Um, okay, let me see if I can play this, though. Ready? Oh, wait. Ooh, I don't want to call them. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I didn't mean to call them. All right. We're taking this podcast to a new level. Okay, we're wait calling a minute. everybody. We're you back. We told you we would, but we lied. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me see. Here it is, voice. Okay. Hi, just listened to the podcast. I wanted to thank you. We're putting content out. I love it. We love it, actually. Um, call you later. <laughs> I love it. No idea who it is. Don't care. I absolutely love that call. Yes. I know. I was works. So, I, it works. I was so pleased. Thank you. Thank that you. That phone call dusted off the cobwebs and it is in action. I love it. See how pleased just even that made us Brits squealing over there. Yes. So thank yes. you, whoever that was who called in and uh, we really appreciate it. But yes, now we do know. Phone lines are open anytime you want to call and leave a message. I might actually accidentally call you back, but I will hang up very quickly. Don't worry. I like shut down the app just then. I was like, Ugh! backed right out of that situation. Um, if you also have a story, you can head over to our socials. We are on, I think, 
all of the socials except Snapchat. Oh yeah, we're not. <laughs> and on you there. can message us over there. Um, or just follow us and hang out with us. We um, have a good time on the socials. Yep, Skeletales Podcast on G- uh, Instagram, Skeletales Pod on Twitter, our Skeletales community on Facebook, and Skeletales. Yeah, all the places. We have a merch shop that you can find on our link tree in Instagram. And I think that's it, right? Yeah, I, we just realized that there's not a great link for our email on our link tree. If you do go to our Instagram, you can email us by clicking the email button. Um, so we're working we on that, though. just have a memory. Skeletal's podcast, podcast at gmail. That's at pretty gmail. easy, right? It is yeah. pretty easy. Oh, 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 oh. So um, hmm. if you are a Spotify listener, you can now mm-hmm. rate the podcast on Spotify. There's a, a section where you can go in and give us... Five stars is the only thing we'll accept. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll send you a keychain if you go to Spotify oh, and five star that shit. All right. I'm going to send you a keychain. Heck yeah. Do it. Is that rude to ask for five stars? I don't know. can approve them. Please. Okay. You don't even have an option to write anything. So all you have to do is go in there and tip tabby five stars. Oh, my God. And so easy. then drop us a line, send us an email, and uh, Britt will send you off a keychain. So Yeah. Yeah. Love it. All right. Anything else this evening, Britt? Oh, yeah. One more thing. One more thing. One okay. thing. Really quick. Really quick. Alyssa. Yeah. What's up? Hunt y'all later. Hunt you later. Yay. Good night. Good night. <laughs>